Welcome everyone. This is the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We are happy you joined us today. The Spirit of God speaks with words crafted for our hearts. And now from God's Word, it is time to feed up. With an introduction for today's message, here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. We are considering the prayer for missions. What do we pray for? Where do we start? Well, we start by following Christ's own direct request of us. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to thrust forth laborers into the whitened fields. To pray this way, you yourself must hear the call to go. I believe that God's call is still out there. Oftentimes it's not heard because it can't be heard by those who are not surrendered to the concept of thy will be done, not my will. It cannot be heard by those who have simply carried out their Christian life like a checklist of obligations, who want to do things simply because they, well, I know it's the Christian thing to do. It's heard by those who respond to the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ, washing them and cleansing of their sins with an overwhelming desire to live for the glory of their Savior. And when that becomes the overwhelming desire of your life, that Christ might be glorified and magnified, well, I think when that happens, you'll find yourself in places where quietly and in silence and waiting upon the Lord, God will confirm to you His call to go into the labor fields. And out of that call, God will also confirm to you the call to pray for others to join you and go to the regions beyond. And so pray for the gentle persuasion of the Spirit to fall on our brothers and sisters to go into the whitened harvest fields around the world. Don't just pray for the gentle persuasion of the Holy Spirit. Pray under circumstances, unusual though they may be, that God would take some by power and force into the labor fields by thrusting them out. In other words, pray that there would be Pauls that God would meet on the road to Damascus and arrest them and not let them be comfortable going on their patterns of life, but totally redirect them into missions. I was speaking this week to my mother, and we couldn't find the testimony, though both of us, we tried researching it. I went through the archives of an old missions magazine going back to the 1800s, trying to find the story. Actually, it was probably in the 1930s that we were looking for, and we couldn't identify it. There is a book about it. It's the story of a man named Don Fairley who went to Gabon, and in Gabon, God used him to reach the pygmy people of Gabon. And Don Fairley had met my father and told my father how he was called to missions. He wasn't a believer. He was passing by a storefront. In fact, he was a, what would you call him? A animal husbandly fella. Like he worked in a zoo. He worked with different animals, exotic animals. He was not a follower of Christ whatsoever, but he was passing by a storefront where there was an evangelistic meeting and he was lured into it and he sat into this evangelistic meeting. And in the midst of the meeting, not only was the gospel preached, but a call was sent out to send out people to proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth. And it immediately changed his life. Impact. Not only did he know he had to give his life to Christ, but he knew that he had to be one of those who would go. And he went. And he went out to the jungles of Gabon. And he went into the area where there was a tribal people that nobody could penetrate and reach. They were hidden and no one had gained access to them. Pygmies, little people, that were hunters that gathered in the jungles. While he was out there, it's actually a real name, pygmies. That's where they're called. So you know, I'm not being derisive here. As he was out there, they couldn't make contact with him. But while he was out in the jungles, he began to experiment making some of the different animal calls that he had learned when he was working with all these exotic animals. 
And he was making all these calls coming from these animals that were indigenous to this area. And these pygmies heard it and they were mesmerized by his calling of these animals. And they came out to see him because this was some answer to some bizarre prophetic utterance that had been given of a white man who would do something just like that. And so they came out of the jungles to encounter this man and meet him. And it was the first contact with the whites, with the pygmies. Then God used Don Fairley to lead many of them to Christ. And there's more to the story, but pray that God would arrest his paws and pull them back. Pray that God would gab hold of Jonah's, who maybe sense God is calling them missions, but they're resisting it because they don't want to leave their comfort zone. And they don't want to give up the things that they've had in life and the ease they have in life. And they know God is pressing upon them an interest in going to Nineveh. That's what happened to Jonah. But... Nineveh is not a place where Jonah wanted to go. And so Jonah hopped on a ship to Tarshish. You know, some comfortable place along the Mediterranean where he could just take it easy. And God caught the ship that Jonah was in in the midst of a great tumultuous storm. And Jonah was cast overboard and swallowed up, as we read in the story, by a large fish and spit up on the shore of the nation which he was called to preach before. The call was so clear and so forceful that he had to go forward and serve. Pray that God would find those Jonas who are set up to sail to destinations of comfort and personal ease and pray that God would thunder upon them and throw them overboard and swallow them up in his call and spit them out to his places of service. Pray for it. God, send forth laborers into the harvest field. When the call of God is clear, The work continues even in the face of years of struggle and years of difficulty and years of physical and mental and psychological attrition and hardship. If you were to study the great mission movements that God has has initiated within the church, you'll find that one thing clearly marked all of them. It was this. Within that movement, there was within the body of Christ undeniable and clear sense of the call of God for the whole community to be dedicated to sending the gospel to the ends of the earth. I'm ordained in a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Back in the late 1890s, they opened up their first mission field. It was to a little area called Cabina, which was a little enclave cut out in what is a part of Angola, Africa now. They prayed about it. They sent out five missionaries. As they sent it out to start the missionaries, they spent a year planning it and praying for it, and a couple years. And when they sent them out, they sent advertisements to all their churches to pray and to triumph this great answer to prayer as they sent these five young men, their best out to Cabina. And when these missionaries got there, as soon as they arrived, they were denied access to the land by all the chiefs and by the Portuguese who were controlling the port. They were driven away. They had to go on a march for 40 miles or more to another area to find a resting place. In the process, they got struck with malaria. The leader of the group died. Their money ran out because they didn't quite figure out how much money they would need. Eventually, three of them took what little money they could cobble together and bought a ticket to go home because they couldn't survive where they're at. One remained. He served for three years before he died as well. They were sending out missionaries. They began to multiply the missionaries. They sent out year by year, and their target was Africa. And as they sent them, they started getting back response after response of more and more of these missionaries dying. The conditions were so harsh where they sent them out that the strategy basically they realized was this. Start a cemetery before planting a church. 
as the news of their sons and daughters dying and falling on the soil, uh, even before they had an opportunity to set themselves up, to build a center, to learn the language, to proclaim the gospel, you might think that they became discouraged and it halted the flow of missionaries that they sent out, but it was just the opposite. They raised up more to send and more to go, and more went, and more and more died. Because the call of God was compelling, and it was not easily turned away. It's what they were to do. It's what they were about. I would like you to pray for our ministry. There are opportunities to serve here in our ministry and of church partnership evangelism, and there are opportunities to serve this work around the world. Doors are opening up around us. Invitations are coming to us that we can't respond to. There is a need for pastors in the indigenous countries they work with to rise up and become mentors trained and prepared to extend the ministry to the the outer edges of their own community. There is a need for us to raise up mentors and workers and trainers here in North America. We have had a challenge at getting North American pastors and workers to come on board because they halt when they realize that they have to raise their own support. That they've got to take a step of faith or they've got to trust God to provide for them. And for whatever reason, that causes pause in them and they're not stepping forward. And I have to believe that God is still calling. And God is still desiring. Because the opportunities are not going away, they're increasing. What's the answer? What do you do? You go to people like you and you say, pray. Seek God to send forth more laborers. Call upon the church to pray for more laborers to be thrust out by the call of God into the labor fields. Pray for indigenous pastors to rise up who will work and labor and teach their churches and lead their churches and through their churches go to work with other churches to multiply themselves over and over again. Pray that God would not allow that individual who senses God's call and feels God's call but hesitates because he sees the challenge just in raising the money to begin the work. That the call of God will be so pressed upon him that he knows he's disobedient unless he doesn't do it. And he answers the call and he goes forward and he... It's not even a matter of trust in my mind. Trusting God for your finances. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The answer is just a matter of obedience. But what's needed? The awareness of an undeniable call of God to the heart of that man or that woman. And how will that happen? Jesus tells us, pray the Lord will send forth laborers. Pray the Lord will thrust forth laborers. Now it's back to us. Lord, make us intercessors. Make us those within this community that recognize our identity in the world that we live Make us come to answer our patriotic duty to our nation. Make us answer to the priestly duty come to us by your redeeming power. God, send forth laborers in the harvest field. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we trust that you will help us add moment by moment, by your grace, by your spirit, another measure Another point, another toehold, another handhold as we scale this great work of intercession, of missionary praying. And we see God in it that 
You are not just interested in the regions beyond. You're interested in here and those around us, but you're also not satisfied that we should simply rest in seeing the gospel go forward within our own communities. You are stoking the fire by your spirit of a passion and burden for the world. Lord Jesus, help us to feel that press that comes upon us in Matthew chapter 24. This gospel will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. God, we want you to return. Dear Jesus, we long to see you sweep upon this earth and bring your justice to this place. But you have told us the gospel first must go forward and you've commanded us to go. And so it's not for us to know the times and the seasons when you'll return. It's for us to obey your call to go, to pray others to go with us. So may we be found faithful in this, we ask. We'll seek your help, we'll seek your aid, we'll seek your life, we'll seek your presence. We'll know that as we pray for these things, we're praying in agreement with what the Spirit is longing for. We'll allow you to cultivate it in our lives, day in and day out. Help us to be faithful to our trust, we pray. Now is the season to pray for the lost around the world. Would you take up that commitment? Our commitment will be over the next broadcast to show you what to pray for from God's Word and what you should pray for is what you should live for. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.